This is Jimmy Smith, and today on the MMA on SiriusXM podcast, Ryan McKinnell and Angela Hill chat with Bellator featherweight champion Patricio Pitbull about his win at Bellator 286, a trilogy with AJ McKee, and his legacy on MMA Today. And I catch up with MMA light heavyweight Chris Camozzi on Unlocking the Cage to discuss his MMA career and his bare-knuckle fighting debut at BKFC 31 in his hometown of Denver on October 15th. Joining us right now, the Bellator pound for pound number one, the champ, the first double champ of Bellator. He is the one and only Patricio Pitbull joining us on a Wednesday. Patricio, first of all, congrats on another win. You've done that a lot throughout your career. You asked the question last night on social media. What would the fans like to see? AJ McKee, Sergio Pettis or Jose Aldo? Brother, what do you want to see? Um, I want you to do the trilogy. Okay. I want you to do the trilogy. That's it, brother. Let's do that. Well, I mean, that makes sense, right? It's probably uh, it's probably getting pretty annoying to not have that finality of that rivalry kind of uh, uh, settled. You're obviously just shared a card with AJ McKee. He talked about your fight, said it was boring. Uh, is he getting under your skin at all? Uh, my fight was boring, but I fought as a professional fight, and he he was fighting like a like a street fight, so. <laughs> let's, let's resolve that, brother. I can't wait to beat your ass, motherfucker. Oh, I love it. it. Right. I love it. Yeah, yeah. AJ's fight was a little wild. Um, were you <laughs> watching that? It was just a little, a little wild. Were you watching that at all uh, while you were getting ready for your own, or were you just focused on your opponent? They, they was like kicking elbows, pushing shoulders, like. <laughs> Everything crazy in that fight. I know Spike um, bring a lot of violence in, in that match, uh-huh. but everyone knows that Jay McKee was a was a champion. He won mm-hmm. a fight against me, and he was fight like that. Oh my god, I can't. <laughs> do that. You know, uh-huh. I, I am in love, man. You know that it's different when you see me walking there and <laughs> fight the cage. It's different. It's different level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think if you were to fight AJ McKee that it would be at 145 or would you be willing to go up and meet him? It's going to be in your 45 for okay. sure. And the champ is not make sense to go up or down. Uh, we know I am the champion, so we have to fight in that division. Good stuff. We're here with Patricio Pitbull, fresh off his win over the weekend in Bellator. And in many people's opinion, and myself included, the greatest Bellator fighter of all time. Patricio, it's wild, man. Like 2010, like you've been a part of this company now for so long, over a decade. So many great fights, so many great rivalries, even if AJ McKee is probably your biggest rival. I'm just kind of curious, man. Like uh, you obviously had a lot of options when, when you came out of Brazil. I mean, you were highly touted. You've lived up to all those expectations. How proud are you of, of, of being that face of Bellator and kind of, I don't want to say like sticking it to the UFC. Right. But, but it, it takes a lot to like be a homegrown talent to deliver the way you do. And then to hold the whole company and being the face of a whole company throughout multiple different generations, it's gotta be pretty cool for you. Yeah. Uh, th- that's nice, man. But, but I, I don't like to think on that. Yeah. Well, you're still fighting. To, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to think about my 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 training and keeping winning. That all matter to me. You know, breaking yeah. records. That's it. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I you know like um, 
I'm not like a trophy guy or like an award guy or like if anything I've done in my life, I kind of just like put it in a in a closet. I mean, not a, not a champion, not a mixed martial arts fighter, right? But I'm just saying, I don't like celebrate myself or talk about myself. Or are you kind of the same way? Do you not like have belts up? Do you not like? I mean, how are you with your legacy? You seem to be very uh, goal focused on the future. It's just the beginner. I, yeah, I, I, I like more. that. I'm I'm gonna do more. You know, I'm gonna keep me defend my belt, and I'm just. Uh, in the beginning, like I said, so I I want I want the bantamweight belt. I want maybe go to lightweight division if my boy my brother can't fight in the tournament. He has a lot of injuries. Yeah. I know now recovered. Mm. Uh, he's gonna fight for the belt, but I know he's a little bit older than me, and sometimes he need to postpone his fights. And I can I can do his job uh, if he can. So uh, a lot of options I have now. I like that. I, I can fight in three uh, different divisions. I'm hungry, brother. I want more. Nice. And that must be uh, convenient being able to feel confident in all those different divisions because you want to be so active. Um, are there any talks of anything outside the promotion like you were talking you were calling out Volkanovski is there any have you heard anything from any other companies about fighting outside about or fighting champions outside of Bellator um like like I said in the post conference uh, I bet one million and Volkanovski accept the the challenge but uh-huh. then I didn't say nothing, uh, but I, I can fight another champion too, like the PFL. I don't mm. know. I, I, I'm sorry about that, but I don't know who is the champion. But we can put the belt on the line and see who is the best. The same thing with the rising champion. Let's fight, brother. Let, let's put the the champions to face each other. Mm. I like that idea. I love that you don't know who it is, but you don't care. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I love that. So what do you what do you think is the driving factor of why you're so good at what you do? Because you're just it's not just that you're an undefeated prospect, like you've had bumps in the road, but right. then you've come back an even better fighter, an even more dangerous fighter, and you don't leave it to decision when you get those rematches. So what do you think uh, makes you just so great at, at fixing mistakes and then coming back stronger? Um, when I am defeated, I don't like to stay there. <laughs> I don't know what's happened with my mind, but I just want to be the winner in my next match. So I prepare my mind and my body to do my best. And thank God I can do that. It just sounds like, uh, Patricio, that you have a real distaste for losing because we yeah. saw, you know, obviously the first AJ McKee loss, you went in there, the, the first fight, I should say, you lost and you come out there almost immediately and beat him. And I would imagine that sort of attitude and not sitting and staying active. And like you said, the way your mind might go, uh, it just feels like, and unlike a lot great champions, sounds like you really hate losing. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the end of the day, I, yeah. I will just without the belt for 25 minutes. 
Then I took it, I took it back. And now I'm going to fight him. I want to fight him and I'm going to kick his ass forever. Do you care? <laughs> do you care where the fight happens? Do you, would you like it to be in Brazil to, to get that little bit of shine in your home country? I mean, you've certainly earned it. Um, what, what do you think about that and where the fight might happen? And do you have a timeline for it? Bellator wants to come to Brazil, so it's a great idea to put a big show here. Everyone ex is expecting a, a, a great show in the, in the country, so let's see what's happening. Uh, I wanted to ask, is AJ McKee your greatest rival? Is he the biggest rival of your career? And you, I mean, obviously, you know, Joe Warren and uh, Maybe. Mike Maybe. Chandler. He and Chandler, I believe. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I would believe yeah. that. I would believe that. What makes uh, what makes your distaste for AJ McKee so high? Because it can't just be the loss and that revenge factor and wanting to get right by the trilogy. There's got to be more to it. He talked a lot of shit. That's the problem. <laughs> you saw um, the atmosphere, me and Boric. Yeah. It was right. He respect, respect me, I respect him. That's it. Mm. AJ McKee is a fucking idiot. It just sounds like you're not feeling the respect from AJ. Yes. All Since right. from his debut, he was like talking shit all the time. He saw me. You don't think, I mean, is there anything to admire about that confidence? The fact that he came in so young, so inexperienced, and he was already headhunting for you. He already had a, a mark on you. Was there any sort of respect on your end for that? Because you got to sit there and think, like, look at this, you know, look at this <laughs> son of a bitch, right? Like, I mean, you're the champ, and you've got to feel a certain way. Is there any respect on your end for that, that, that cockiness and oh. the fact that he did come in and was annoying you from the jump? As a fighter, yes, he's very good. Everyone knows that. Yeah. He came to Bellator, he made his debut, he made a lot of victories, and he beat the champion. So that's fucking amazing, you know? That that that's a that's a great thing. Just he did. But at the end of the day, he took a lot of shit, so I don't like that. <laughs> That's Patricio Pitbull joining us here on a Wednesday. We are MMA today. I'm Ryan. That's Angela. All right, Pitbull. Uh, listen, you said it. You know you want it. It's AJ McKee. It's a trilogy. What would the timeline be like for you? Like, ideally, when would you like this fight to happen? Because you obviously hold a lot of the cards, being the champ and being the pound for pound goat right now. Uh, you know, I don't like to take a lot of a lot of months without. Uh, a fight schedule, so maybe four months, five months. I want to fight him, like February, something okay. like that. Let's what is a? Uh, I like it. I like it. So February, start of the new year in 2023. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this, man. I mean, uh, I think a lot of us know you. You're just like you're this. You're a great champion, right? Double champ. Uh, great rivalries. Face of Bellator. Highly violent. Uh, highly entertaining. What is it like for you right now in this period, though? The downtime. The four months in between. You just came out of victory on the weekend. How do you celebrate, man? How do you wind down? Like, what what, what sort of things do you like to do to occupy your time? I'm celebrating help, helping my brother. He's gonna fight against Usman. Nice. He's not that you know. I'm I am here in the gym. I am, you know. I I'm gonna help my brother to to defend his belt. Not trying to celebrate now. 
I no, like it. Cool. <laughs> I like it. All all business pitbull. That's why you stay the fan favorite and you stay as dangerous as you are, sir. Thank you so much for the time here on a Wednesday. I hope that fight gets made for you and McKee. It is a truly great trilogy fight, and I don't feel like we get a lot of those in this modern day of MMA. So salute to you on another victory and best of luck in the coming years. All right. Thank you very much, my friend. I will do my best always. Thank you. Have no doubt. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. Chris Camozzi, UFC light heavyweight, making his BKFC debut at BKFC 31 in his hometown, Denver, Colorado. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Man. Like you said, it's my hometown, so it doesn't get any better than that. Make your debut bare knuckle in Denver. Man, I couldn't ask for more. All right, so a lot of people, and I don't know how many listeners know this, a lot of people don't like fighting in their hometown. They don't like dealing with friends and people want tickets and being around people that are like that they know. It's kind of they want to get away and fight. There are pressures of fighting in your hometown. How do you feel about that, man? Man, I honestly like both, right? So being in my hometown makes it fun because my friends, my family, everybody can come. Um, Plus, it's easy. You know, I sleep in my bed. I can make all my own food. I can train at my gym. I know where everything is. I've got it all. Um, So there's that. But I always do love traveling, man. I always one thing I did love was going to opponents' hometown or home country and fighting them there because um, I feel like a lot of people do feel pressure off that. But for me, man, I just feel comfortable here. I love it. I always have a big um, following that comes out, so that that stadium would be loud. So, for people who don't know your history, what I love about talking about, <laughs> about fighting with you is start out on the Ultimate Fighter UFC. PFL, now bare knuckle, you kind of started at from the bottom, got on the show, and people don't, don't don't remember, you got injured, I think it was you had a broken jaw, and so couldn't continue with the show, so starting really at the Ultimate Fighter, not getting an opportunity there, you had to claw your way up through the UFC and all these things, and the ups and the downs, and how does that prepare you for a really vicious bare knuckle fight, as you said in your hometown, man, how do the ups and downs get you ready for that? Um, you know, I think it hardens you. I think everybody can relate to that, whether you fight or your job or whatever you do in life, man, when you have to go through trials and tribulations, it just makes you harder for the rest of life. You know, you learn from those lessons, you respect them more, you build on it um, and you learn to like cherish those moments when you get them. So these opportunities that come up, you just always got to be ready. I, you know, I train all the time. So I think we, we signed this fight, like not short notice, but I mean, it was like a month and a half out. But, you know, I was already ready. I was already training anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the past just helps harden you for the future. So talk about that that training shift. Of course, I'm sure you knew Chris Camozzi who's fighting uh, BKFC 31 in Denver. Talk about that shift in training because, you know, somebody comes to you and says, hey, here's a bare knuckle fight. You were probably getting ready in an MMA way, and then it's, oh, let's get ready for bare knuckle. What is that transition like? Because people say, I'm in shape. That means in shape for a particular kind of thing. You've had pro kickboxing. You have pro MMA. What was the shift like getting ready for bare knuckle, man? 
You know, honestly, not too much because uh, we were in conversation with them before the contract fully developed. Um, so I had been just boxing for probably a month or two because I was also debating on um, trying to shift over to boxing, like regular boxing with the gloves and everything. So I was already training all hands and just kind of having fun with it. You know, it's been a year since I fought. I, I kind of took a step back after leaving the PFL and was kind of deciding where I wanted to go with my career and like what opportunities were out there. And most of them were leaning towards bare knuckle or boxing. So I train at a boxing gym or a real boxing heavy gym where um, there's an entire group of just professional boxers. So I was going in sparring with them instead of the MMA guys doing a lot of mitt work. Um, so yeah, I had the, the foresight at least that one of those things was going to come up. So I was already getting ready for that. So that idea of taking time off and kind of having to reorient things and think about things, was there stepping away from fighting? Was there coaching? Was there, I'm going to fight, I just have to find out where? What was the mentality in that year off, man? Uh, the mentality was, I, I've set myself up now, like I don't need to fight. I don't have to fight. Um, I'm doing it because I love it and because I want to do it, which is different than earlier on in my career, you know, off the ultimate fighter and everything. I was fighting for the money to live and now it feels like a whole different thing, right? Because I have a full-time job. I've always, I've always had businesses and jobs and all this stuff that keeps me busy where the, the money comes in. But now I'm at a point in my life where I put money away, I've made the right decisions. And then I'm the brand manager for a beverage company. Now we make a product called fit soda. The company is called Koyos. So I actually, on the other side of my job, I deal with the athletes and, contracts and stuff like that for sponsorships so you know i have stake in the company and everything has been going great so i was able to step back and just kind of be like you know what i'm gonna pick and choose when i fight where i fight who i fight for um and if something i don't want or if something i want doesn't come up then i'm good you know so it's a it's a really nice feeling to go in there just because i love it like i think that that's even better mentally for me knowing that um I don't have to do this. I didn't have to settle on some deal that I didn't want. So what is it about bare knuckle that is so appealing? I've got a lot of bare knuckle fighters on this show. What is it about the, the, the bare knuckle format, man, that makes it so appealing to fighters like you who have seen everything and been through everything? Is it the newness of it? Is it the viciousness of it? What is it, man? Yeah, I think it's the newness of it. Um, different challenge. I mean, you're an athlete, you know, so it's a different challenge. It's something new and fun that comes up. And, you know, before I decided to call my career said and done, I want to be able to say that, you know, I had all these crazy experiences. I did all these things that I wanted to do. Um, that way, when I'm old, I could look back and be like, yeah, man, I was a, I was a crazy bastard. I did that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just seemed new, exciting. And the other side of it is, man, the older you get, I'm sure you can relate to this, like jujitsu, kickboxing, all that stuff starts to hurt, man. Like my, my knees are a little banged up now. Um, Dude, you know, I got a titanium hip, bro. <laughs> yeah. Your neck, your neck yeah. starts to hurt. Like now when I train, I'm just boxing. I'm hitting mids, I'm sparring, I'm drilling. I don't have people trying to choke me and like crank on my neck and my back. And you know, as we get older, I heard Rothwell say the same thing. It's just like the training gets rougher and rougher on your body. So this has been real refreshing because my body feels great. Like like I said, all I'm doing is sparring, hitting mids, drilling, strength and conditioning stuff. There's no wear and tear. Nobody's trying to heel hook me. Nobody's trying to break any of my limbs. 
You know, it, it, it's funny. I get asked a lot from, like, boxers and kickboxers. Man, man, why do MMA guys get hurt so much? Like, you have so many more injuries than boxers. And I go, because you're doing whatever, and somebody tries to take you down, pops your knee. I was like, you got to be ready for everything all the time. And the human body isn't designed to do that, right? As a boxer, i got to worry about two weapons, and I basically two targets, the body and the head. And that's what I gotta do. It's not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't have to worry about one thing or two things. Has that been the case getting ready for this fight, man? Like, oh my God, nobody's trying to like flying leg lock me. I don't have to worry about that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, even when I'm working on like rolling punches and stuff with boxing, you can change your style a little bit. You're not worried about somebody kneeing you in the face or, or throwing a kick, you know? Like when I was in glory, I, I took a shin like straight to the mouth. Like, there's so many variables in MMA and, and kickboxing and, the, and, you know, then you add in elbows and all of that. Right now, we're worried about two fists and, like you said, head and body. Um, it simplifies it. It doesn't make it easy, but it simplifies it. And it, it just, yeah, less things to worry about and easier on the body. Now, the fight will probably be way harder on the body, but the training, that's where everybody gets hurt. Now, speaking to Chris Camozzi, of course, UFC veteran, PFL veteran, now making his bare-knuckle debut at 42 professional fights in MMA. Um, you go back a while, all right? Uh, you know, like I said, you know, almost as long as I do. I'm a bit older than you are. But, you know, the old shoot-the-box days when it was like you went to war every time you were in training and, like, Pat Militich, his guys talked about sparring days were like, guys left concussed and all this stuff what have you learned that helps you get ready at 35 for a bare knuckle fight right when to spar when to go hard when not to go hard what have you learned that gets you ready for this experience man yeah exactly what you said man i used to i think it's good for young guys right we used to have these like gym wars um i'm getting sick you know, the, thinking about it like literally yeah. i like it oh hey yeah go ahead man i i think that's something that everybody's got to go through when you're younger and then as you develop more as a fighter, you know, like Cerrone and I talked about that a long time ago. Like he's big on not really sparring anymore um, because like you said, I, I forget, I don't even know how many fights I have. You said 42. I know, MMA, I know yeah. how to fight by now. So I don't need to yeah. go in there with like the 20 year old guys in the gym and spar a hundred percent. Whereas I used to, and I think that that was good for experience. It was good for like the exhaustion level you're going to get in a fight and stuff. But now when you get to the point where you you've been there a bunch of times, it's more like going in there sharp, going in there healthy, making sure your reactions, all of that's on point. I don't need to like prove myself in the gym anymore. Granted, I still get pulled into that every once in a while, you know, because we still have like an ego about us and I'm not going to let some guys start teeing off on me and not come back. But um, I would say a lot of it is like the training partners and stuff, you know, the, the guys that you surround yourself with and you know who you're going with as opposed to, when you know you're going with that one guy in the gym that's going to go all out. Um, just being smarter with training, man. Like, I I know I can fight. I know what it's like. Um, so I don't need to waste my rounds in the gym. So I just make sure that I spell hard, but I don't, we're not punching each other through the drywall anymore like we used to. So w w when you think about it now, and, and there have been uh, some good boxers who have made the transition to bare knuckle and the defense isn't quite the same, reading punches isn't quite the same. You're basically doing it, it's it's almost like, I don't want to say boxing with MMA gloves, because, because but as an MMA guy, you're kind of used to only having your hands to slip and move, you don't have these big gloves on. Do you think that's an advantage, as in going from MMA to bare knuckles easier than going from boxing to bare knuckle? Because at least we're used to having to defend with our arms and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I've even noticed just, 
doing a bunch of studying on this and everything. I even think the defense is even less with bare knuckle than MMA. You know, those, those gloves are not big, they're four ounces, but they still make it a little bit bigger. Um, so I've worked a lot of head movement and stuff, not really relying so much on blocking with the hands. Like I think it's better to slip and counter. Um, and I also think that the pace is just way different. So it is a little better for MMA guys because MMA fights, they're not always fast, but a lot of them are. And boxing, you'll see guys not really start fighting, fighting until like four or five rounds in because they, they move a lot. They're dancing around. They're feeling them out. Or bare knuckle. I think we saw, I don't know if you watched the last card last weekend, the, the yeah. title fight. I think it went like 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, or at least from what I saw, I saw when he went down and he got punched on the ground. And I don't think I watched the rest, but, you know, they're, they're fast fights. It's a fast pace. So I've been working that in sparring too. Like we start right away on the bell. There's not much feeling out. So you are taking on another UFC vet in, in Bubba McDaniel. Are you a game planner? Are you a tape watcher? You've been in it a long time. Um, a lot of guys are like, oh, I work on myself. I don't really worry about my opponent. Where do you fall on that, man? A little bit of both. So I haven't watched him fight or anything yet. You know, I, I know I've seen him fight in the past. Um, I actually, you'll, you'll get this. Maybe this won't make sense to everybody. I actually had to be Bubba. Um, years back so his ultimate fighter finale fight he fought an old uh, teammate and sparring partner of mine gilbert smith and because i'm a lefty and so is bubba and i think we're about the same height uh i was bubba in the gym for gilbert so it's kind of funny that we'll be fighting now years later but yeah i mean i, I haven't watched a ton of tape on him because i've also never seen him fight bare knuckle you know so he's never seen me fight bare knuckle it could be totally different for me watching tape I'll watch for, for tendencies and stuff. You know, boss was real big on that. When you see guys do stuff like four or five times over and over again, that's something that you can probably rely on. But as far as like going in with a full on game plan, I've always realized that if I do that and one thing goes off, it kind of throws everything off. So like you said, I, I work on sharpening myself and everything that I'm going to do. I try not to focus too much on what he does, make him worry about what I do instead of worrying about what he does. Do you, uh, speaking of Chris Camosi, of course, making his bare-knuckle debut in Denver, Colorado, BKFC 31. What are the chances? Because you left PFL on a winning streak. You had won your last two in PFL. Um, what are the chances you come back to MMA? What would be the circumstances? Is that something you're thinking about right now? Tell me about that, uh, your career beyond bare-knuckle. Yeah, so this one with bare-knuckle is interesting, right? So they offered me a multi-fight deal. Um, I turned that down and I decided to take a one fight deal. I told him I wanted one because where I'm at in my career, I'm after the most money that I can make and I'm looking to have fun. And like I said, take the fights that I want to take, or at least like the organizations and do what's fun. And, you know, I would love to be champion bare knuckle. So I'm betting on myself on this. I told him, give me a one fight instead of the three fight they offered, because I want more money than what they offered in the three fights. So I was like, I'm going to bet on myself. You can judge me on this performance. Now, that could go one of two ways, you know, but I'm happy to go to MMA, too. I love MMA. So wherever the money is the most is where I'm going to fight and wherever I think I'm going to have the most fun these last couple of years. You know, one of the weirdest interviews I, I ever did pre-fight was with Jeremy Horn. You know Jeremy Horn, yeah? Everybody knows Jeremy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got to ask. I, I don't, maybe these <laughs> days people don't. I don't know. But, like, uh, all right, you know Jeremy Horn. Gumby. And he was – yeah, of course. And he was fighting – um uh, in Bellator at 185, and we were asking him about uh, how do you feel about this fight? Eh, you know, 
well, you know, what do you think about it? Well, you know, he had fought like a hundred times. Like this was just another day to him. He didn't seem excited about it. He didn't seem to feel any particular way about it. It was just the weirdest interview I've ever done. And he lost that fight, right? It was against Brian Baker, if I remember correctly. And oh, man. How, how do you how do you stay a professional and yet avoid that? Where he almost like was showing up to work and whatever, I'm going to fight again in another three weeks, so what difference does it make? And it, it was kind of weird. How do you stay a professional and work like a professional without falling into this is just another day? Like you said, fighting because it's kind of what you do rather than what you're passionate about. Please tell me. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big part for me because that's why I said I'm still here. It's because I love it, right? I've always said I'm retired as soon as I don't love it anymore. I mean, there's days in the gym and training. I don't love it every day because, you know, you wake up some days, you're like, man, I don't want to go. But I treat it like a, yeah, I treat it like a job, though. I always have, you know, nobody makes me go because I'm my own boss. You know, I pay my coaches. I pay my managers. I don't work for them. They work for me. So it's up to me to hold myself responsible for going. And because I still love it, I show up every day. Um, That and, you know. The other side of it is the motivation of not getting your ass kicked on TV or in front of all your family and friends. That's a good motivator too. So yeah, I've never, I've never hit the point where it's just like another day. I still like, I get excited, man. I get hyped about it. I listen to like walkout songs in the car and like, I still get chills thinking about it. It's my favorite thing to do. Fighting and traveling are my two favorite things to do still. Well, Chris, best of luck to you. Don't miss it. BKFC 31, Denver, Colorado, October 15th. It is Bubba McDaniel versus Chris Camozzi. Thanks a lot for giving us your time, brother. Hey, thank you so much. And we'll talk after the fight. You know it, dude. I'll have you on again. Chris Camozzi, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. MMA on Sirius XM is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern and MMA Today Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156, and on the SXM app. Sirius XM Podcasts.